Welcome to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. We're two sex educators and research nerds who love talking about sex and relationships. This has been an online dating podcast where we overanalyze profiles and read between the pickup lines. However, in this episode, we're switching it up to take a step back and consider how we make sense of ourselves and relationships. And when we say relationships, we include sexual, romantic, platonic, and more. So before we even open the apps, let's get into the beautiful mess of human connection. All right, welcome to season five. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. And we are broadcasting from the Whiteley Center in the San Juan Islands. It is very beautiful here. We are staring out at some lovely water. And there's mountains in the distance, boats. Yep. It's awesome. It's nature loveliness. Anyway. All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So as you heard in the first episode, we're mixing things up this season. Instead of profiles, we're going to be overanalyzing the values and goals that guide our thinking about relationships. And so this season, we're going to be focusing on a framework introduced by a Swede whose name I apologize for mispronouncing in advance, Andy Nordgren. I think so. Okay. Uh, And this was introduced in 2006. It's called Relationship Anarchy. And so in this season, we're going to take one of the nine principles uh, in each episode. And so we're going to be following a similar structure uh, to the profile reviews from our previous seasons, meaning we have not shared our thoughts yet. So this will be our first time talking about the principles together. Uh, So we're going to start by reading the full principle and brief description from Andy, and then you'll hear our hot takes. Yeah. So let's start with the first one. Uh, It's entitled, Love is Abundant and Every Relationship is Unique. So it goes, relationship anarchy questions the idea that love is a limited resource that can only be real if restricted to a couple. You have capacity to love more than one person and one relationship uh, and one relationship and the love felt for that person does not diminish love felt for another. Don't rank and compare people in relationships. Cherish the individual and your connection to them. One person in your life does not need to be named primary for the relationship to be real. Each relationship is independent and a relationship between autonomous individuals. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot here. Uh, I want to start by restating that first sentence. Relationship anarchy questions the idea that love is a limited resource that can only be real if restricted to a couple. Mm-hmm. And I love this statement so much Yay. and specifically because we're here and I think about our love and yeah. our relationship and how cherished it is and important it is. And I mean, we, I guess, could call ourselves a couple, but we're not a romantic couple. Right. And yet our relationship is sacred. Yes. And I would never want to think our relationship needs to be less than any other relationship in my life. And if I'm dating someone in a romantic formal couple I would not accept that our relationship is less um, because I have that relationship. Um, And so I just, I love this language of we don't have to restrict love to one kind of intimacy, one kind of connection. We can be expansive uh, and then it's not limited. Like we are capable of loving lots of people all at once and we do it all the time naturally. Yeah. I don't know where that's where I wanted to start. What what stands out for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really similar. I, I wish I had looked up the citation first, but there's uh, the concept of love is not a pie mm-hmm. in the sense of once you take a slice out of it, it's not like, oh, then that's gone. 
Um, other things that I think about too are when people say things like, well, which kid do you like the best out of your children? And you're like, how could you say such a thing? Mm -hmm. I love all my kids equally. It's like, well, then why is that not true for other types of relationships? Like, and so that's where my brain went. So it's really similar to where you were going. Yeah. Well, and I would even say it's also okay to say, maybe I love my kids differently, but it doesn't mean I'm all of a sudden going to run out of love. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Like the things I love about them or the way we relate to each other and why I love that might look different, but I never run out of love. Right. It just keeps on coming. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that we can relate to that around kids or um, whether they're our own or a family member's children. Like if we feel a tie, we're like, oh yeah, I just keep finding more humans to care about as they appear in my life. But why do we think so differently about it when it comes to dating relationships or minimizing the value of friendships where we experience love? Yeah. And I think another place where we talk about like love being abundant as well is this, this sort of idea of how one person has to be enough or Mm -hmm. like, like be everything to you. And so that's the other part that I, at least when I was reading this principle and thinking about it was really not liking about how our society is sort of like, oh, you met this one person. Now they're your best friend and they're your sexual partner and they're your emotional support and they're your financial, like whatever, co-support, whatever. But like all the- And your activity buddy and your, like they have to be all the things all at once, one package. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a person. Yeah, absolutely. And that was another reflection that I had as well. I'm like, if we stop aspiring to find that one single person who checks all the boxes, we can actually see people in more expansive ways, right? So like if I meet someone and they are beautifully meeting my needs of like joyful play out in the world, great sex, but like some of the intellectual depth isn't there or some of the like tender emotional support I'm looking for isn't showing up. That's okay. Yeah. I can still love that relationship for the things it gives me, but I don't have to try to force that person to provide the other things if that's not part of who they are, or how they want to relate with me. Right. Awesome. Yes. And so that's the gift of like the notion of if we allow relationships to be unique, what does that open up? Like, what can we start asking for within ourselves? What can we realize that we're curious about without, um, I don't know, limiting it because, oh, well, this person is supposed to be my person. So I guess I can't want that thing because that person's not going to give it to me. So I should stop wanting that. Yeah. I mean, it really allows, I like how you're drawing, like drawing the intellectual and the activity in there too, because for me, I was thinking of it, like seeing every relationship as unique and then the abundance of your love was like, it allows you to let all your feelings in Mm. that you might have for a certain person. Uh, And maybe even in a certain situation without feeling this immense sense of guilt. And we're going to definitely in future episodes, we're going to talk about things like communication and other pieces. So it's not, you know, what love is abundant means is not necessarily do whatever you want. Don't communicate to others what you're doing, right? Like that's not, that's not that message. And it's also this idea of you're going to have different feelings towards different people at different times. And and if you feel those feelings are wrong somehow, that's that's got that can't really feel good. And that's going to be hard to navigate, I think, through. I love that you brought that up. I had not thought to bring that up. And I'm like, man, yeah, right. Like, so we're in a we're let's imagine the scenario. We're in a committed relationship with someone. 
um, but not necessarily a monogamous one, imagining a particular kind of scenario, right? That's certainly what we're taking up is these ideas of what does it look like to be in ethically non-monogamous connections. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you meet that other person, another person and have a spark of feelings. Do we crush that and say, oh, I'm a bad person for noticing something beautiful or lovely or magical about someone else? Mm -hmm. Or do we say, wow, that's so great. I can see these wonderful qualities in this other person. And what a lovely, warm feeling that is. And there's nothing to be shameful about that because me having a positive feeling toward that person doesn't mean I don't have a positive feeling toward person A. I should like make up names because it's right. maybe confusing. Yeah. <laughs> But it's still right. It's still it's back to right. Like you're it's not a pie because you didn't like now you are developing feelings for another person and those don't have to be taking away. sexual or romantic oh, and also not taking yeah. away. Right. Like it could be other kinds of feelings or it is like you have sexual feelings for one person and now you're feeling lust or some kind of sexual feeling towards another person. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. Like you oh, does this mean I don't love the other person anymore? I mean, no. And, you know, there's negotiation depending on the kind of relationship you're in and whether you act on those things or whether you engage in behaviors, right? Like that's a different thing. But yeah, it just doesn't mean that you all of a sudden, it doesn't, just because you start loving somebody else doesn't mean you stop loving you. You need to question the love you have for somebody else. Like Chris, if you get another best friend, yeah, I, I, I trust you. I Thank trust you. you to still love me. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> and I will. And this is, is this the time to tell you I have more best friends. And I did actually <laughs> like say this, like, right? This the superlative of best friend. Oh, right. It's like it's mm, I right? mean, it's weird, right? Language and and this idea that, you know, like this person's my best friend. And this person, I, I don't rank Which, my my closest friends. And this is what's in the principle too. Don't rank and compare people in relationships. Cherish the individual and your connection to them. Right. right. I mean, that's smack in the middle of this really important principle. Yeah. I think these are really key things. And we're in a society where so often we're told we're trying to find the one and that they have to be in this pinnacle role. And whether it's, I mean, even me using that word best friend, I love that you just troubled that immediately. You're like, <laughs> well, let's just not even use that friend. <laughs> but right. I mean, these are the things. If we're putting something on a pedestal, A, it's more likely to fall. Yeah. Um, which is not good for any of us and doesn't feel good. Um, but if this one thing is above everything else, right. It's just, it's, it's hurtful. It's pressure. It's, mm-hmm. it's even in a lot of ways more dangerous to us. Like, cause if you only have one person that you're sharing all of these responsibilities, then if something happens to that person or to that relationship, do you still have a network of resources to support you and, yeah. and help you keep going? Or have you then because you've gotten a romantic, sexual, best friend, da, 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 relationship with that one person, did you stop paying attention to your other beloved people? Did you stop paying attention yeah. to your friends or whoever else? Well, and some people do that, right. right? Like they do say, oh, like these are my best friends and we have, we hang out and we do all these things together. And then you meet up like a dating more partner, partner, a dating partner. And then those relationships go by the wayside. And then the trick is to either... And, and things change from moment to moment, right? Sure. So like there is, the, yeah, maybe there will be a month or two or something where those, you don't see those people as often. You're not, you don't check in with them as often and maybe being transparent about that, about, and hoping that you can then, because you're communicating and you're realizing it's happening, that you can 
work around that because yes, love is not a pie, but you know, time is <laughs> and, and your energy can be absolutely. So it's not that you're loving the person less, but sometimes we feel like we do. Oh, well, these, these people can't be as important to me anymore because now my priority is insert this person. And I think that's where the ranking piece, um, where this, uh, relationship anarchy principle comes in. It's just like, don't rank just, this is not one of those philosophy experiments where you're like person A is drowning and person B is drowning. Which one do you go for first? Like, that's not, that's a philosophy exercise. That's not like usually, hopefully not reality is not, you know, like actually having to make those decisions, but with time it is. And so, so it's, but so I think, yeah, I think the difference is saying love is abundant and we can hold love in so many ways. And then the negotiation and the conversation needs to be around time, needs to be around like, what am I available for? Mm -hmm. And how I can then manifest that love, like show my love and how we get to feel and be part of it together. But it doesn't mean you don't have love for someone if you're like, you know what, right now I need solo time. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't love the people I love in my life when I'm being solo. It means I just need that, right? I need yeah. that for whatever reason. Yeah, And so I think those are the tensions that we've equated love and time. We've equated love and certain structures of like marriage and buying property and doing all these things. And those are like symbols of, oh, then that means love and that means stability. And it's like, well, we could actually just think about the quality of our relationships and the ways we spend time together. And even if it's brief, it can still be beautiful and deep and nourishing and love filled. Yeah. And I think the other piece too, is when you're saying that, like, you know, when you do spend time with people, um, you know, when that happens, there's the idea of, um, in the principle, it says, cherish the individual and your connection to them. And to me, that also means like when you're in the moment mm -hmm. with that person, spend time with that person, yeah, yeah. right? Like, so little mindfulness thrown in there too, but like, put down your goddamn phone. Like, don't like you're yeah. with that person now. Right. And so that's the, the, you know, the relationship you're cherishing at that moment. And I think that's what's something that also can happen when we do try to have just one relationship that looks just one way. If you're always around each other because you live together, because you're doing all these other things, it's so easy to get complacent and like not even see each other, just be like ships passing. Oh, yeah. But if you're really intentionally nurturing and paying attention to how you show up and how you drop in. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, then that, that love, that abundance, all of it can really, again, just be felt and expressed in more intentional ways. And so sometimes I think that's where having those other ties, having the other relationships we go, you know, having you maybe the person you nest with and then someone you're always, you know, you have a weekly date with, whether that's platonic or romantic or whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But where you have these other spaces where you're moving around and you have separate lives and independence, then you can come back and have things to share and be really intentional when you're, when you are together. Yeah. Right. So that, yeah. Lessening that enmeshment, codependency, whatever you call it, but yeah, having some, and I do, I, I do want to respect that sometimes the ideas of separate identities and things like can be a pretty Western, you know, lens to put on something as opposed to like, uh, people who are in more collective societies okay. or collective way, you know, collective mindsets and ways of thinking. So, and I would yeah. definitely say, right, we're always grounded in our own realities. And so we both, you know, as white folks socialized into 
you know, really intense compulsory monogamy stuff. Yeah. Like that's, I think, part of what we're speaking from. And I, I guess I was going to say against, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, against, I, I, yeah. I, guess. I don't want anyone to feel forced in anything, I guess. Like yeah. if, if a person says, you know, a monogamous tie, that's really unmeshed. Like if you can really look at yourself and assess, what do I want out of my life? And what makes me feel whole and nourished? If you say, yeah, that is what I want. Awesome. I yeah. want you to have the space to think about it though. Right. Like I, the thing that I, I guess I would say I resent about my own life is I didn't do that. And so I did things and made choices in my life that were not in my best interest and were not in the best interest of the person I was with at the time either. Yeah. And, but we kept going because it was what we thought we were supposed to do that, you know, it, there was limited love there. It had to be this one person you had to commit and like the longest relationship wins and all of those kinds of like competitive logics. Um, and that we couldn't say, oh, well, this relationship is this one thing in these ways for these reasons. And I shouldn't have to make myself small to fit within that relationship and no one should have to do that. Yeah. And there's, I mean, we are definitely not the only people who, well, talk about relationship anarchy because a we didn't freaking no. invent it in the first place and there's plenty of other people who who reflect on it and talk about it and live it and so my take on relationship anarchy and with this first principle and this you know this is the first principle in Andy yeah, Norgren's yeah, yeah list uh is ultimately like you can be a monogamous in a monogamous relationship with you know in a heterosexual monogamous relationship and still be potentially a relationship anarchist in the sense of you know how do you prioritize friendships did you think really critically about the relationship you wanted to enter and decided yes this is the mm -hmm. relationship I wanted to enter as opposed to just doing it by the default yeah and so some people would disagree with that and maybe you do in the sense of like can you be in a monogamous romance monogamous relationship, relationship and be a relationship anarchist i mean that's like saying you can't be i would be really offended if someone was like well you're not queer if you're dating someone who has a different gender from you or something right like yeah that's garbage <laughs> right so i don't think any of us should be able to say who counts as a relationship anarchist i don't think that's very kind yeah so i fully support you know your stance of of the sort of inclusive logics of it's i think to me if you want to claim re relationship anarchy that, that would probably suggest you like a lot of these principles that we're going to be talking through yeah and so as long as that's true and what's at core in your heart, then however you're negotiating the specific relationships you're in, you've probably been following these principles in the first place. Yeah. And so whatever the structure looks like for you, yeah, you can be a relationship anarchist and it can look all sorts of ways. Yeah. Or the flip side being you can identify with some of these principles and not, not. identify as a relationship anarchist. You sure. can be like, well, that was interesting. I, you know like this episode or this principle totally jams for me like it's right yeah, yeah it feels right but i still this this is not my identity yeah right yeah, yeah. and that's also no we could totally legit. get into like does it need to be an identity or is it a, you know, blah, blah, blah. like you yeah know, people have lots of feelings about all the words and what we what we assign versus anyway all the things yeah. rabbit hole i mean i think for me yeah the idea and so you know hold we we did did we do a review of our profiles? We did, didn't we? We did, yeah. yeah. So folks might remember, I have relationship anarchy. I mean, that's part of the reason we started here is that we both have talked a lot about relationship anarchy and I've written it straight into my profile because I, and one, I want to promote the principles. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. I think they're a great conversation starter. But also for myself, I want to go straight away into it 
like, yes, I'm on a dating app, but I might be connecting with you and decide our connection has a different kind of intimacy than you might assume is going to show up on a dating app. And I am so open to that. Yeah. And so I don't approach relationships assuming there has to be a sexual component, has to be a romantic component, has to be this, has to be that. Like, nope, we're going to keep figuring out what's right size for us. And there could be any number of configurations, a, a number of humans. Yeah. I fondly refer to it as my constellation. And, <laughs> and some, some stars are like shining real bright and then they get a little dim and it, you know, uh, but it, it's all the constellation of people I love in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's, it stems from the idea of, right, when you are in a nesting partner situation or when you are dating a person that might be called a primary or whatever language you want to use, it doesn't mean that that is automatically the person that comes first or is right. the person that's most important. It's like, you don't know. And it's going to be, sometimes it's situational. Sometimes uh, it's time situational. Sometimes it's circumstance situational. And sometimes it just isn't right. It's back to this ranking yeah. thing of like, well, wait a minute, just because you're like this and or just because you were here first. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, there's that too. Right. And then like just because we've been together 20 years doesn't mean you get to veto who I spend my time with. Like, or that's uh, to me, that's a really strong um, and important stance of like, we're going to value each other as autonomous beings. And we're going to talk to each other about our needs within this relationship. Right. But not be. Yeah. You know, and because we're not having these conversations with infants um the, the the idea that we all bring to the table prior relationships mm -hmm. and and again relationships can mean dating relationships yeah. it's friendships it's yeah. family relationships it's all these things so to sit there and say oh all that stuff and all that structure you built around the relationships you have okay you got to dismantle that in order to be with me because I'm the center of the universe. Right. Didn't you know? Yes. Did, you, did you read that in my, I mean, some, sometimes we read people's profiles and go, oh, they think they're going to be the center of the universe. Right. Well, That's a hard no. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it is, it's, it's, it's guiding that. And just like, what are the assumptions you make when you enter in some form of new relationship yeah. with somebody? And so that's where, um, yeah, assumptions, bad, you know, yeah. so. And so I think that the way, you know, to participate in relationship anarchy and to be thinking about these principles, the directions you're going to hear us go, our conversations about like, well, how do you actually support that, live that, reflect on what your values are, identify the kinds of structures you want, what are the guide guideposts for you of these are the kinds of experiences I want to share with other people, these are the kinds of support I'm looking for, these are the kinds of support I want to offer, Right. Like that all takes us being self-aware and thinking about it and then communicating about it, which yeah. often is what we don't do, particularly in U.S. Yeah. You know, Western right. culture. Yeah, it is really hard. And so, right. So to reflect on this, you know, this principle, and I do like how this principle is the first one, mm -hmm. um, just noting that it's, you know, again, you do have, you know, and it's also, I love the language of it in that sense of it, it does come from this particular principle comes from a place of strength. Mm -hmm. Like you have the capacity to love more than one person. You that, can do it. That's you, awesome. You got it. You got this. We believe in you. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's not like, Oh, I don't know if you can do this. It's like, no, you have this As capacity. As a human being, you most likely are capable on average. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that, right. And then, right. So when you 
love another human, it doesn't mean, again, right? It doesn't mean that, oh, yep, okay, well, now I've got whatever, three quarters of my love over here. That means I, I got it. Literally like, knock percentages in my head of like, okay, so if I have four friends yeah. <laughs> and right. I want to add another person, but I'm at 100% capacity, what do I do? Right. I mean, although in truth, we would say you probably do have to have that conversation about time and yes. about energy, but not about your love. Right. Not about love. You can always love that fifth person, but you may not have time for them. <laughs> right. Well, right. Exactly. And noting, yeah, your limits. Like when you talk about your constellation, like when do you have the time oh, yeah. and as are you right? How do you navigate around time? And that's different than love. And so, you know, maybe yeah. that will come up in other places, but you know, navigating time with people is real because you know, a lot of us have to work for a living and then you also have your you time and you have your other piece time. So yes, time is a limited resource and I don't want listeners to walk away with like, well, wait, this is so impractical, blah, blah, blah. It's love isn't practical. The time part is, is practical, but again, yeah. what does your heart say is possible and what is your heart feeling? Like those are things to sort of honor. And I hope that people can 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 do that without yeah feeling that guilt feeling that that awfulness of oh I'm not allowed to have this feeling mm. I think that's the part that would hurt me if people when people walk around and say oh that's a bad feeling or I'm a bad person for having that feeling right or I'm not supposed to have that feeling like, oh gosh shush right shush that voice yeah and again it's not your fault that you have it in your head and shh. right and yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like engage in certain behaviors because you have that feeling depending on who the person is and the circumstance and all those all kinds sorts of, of things. things. Like, you know, as an example, like you may have certain kinds of feelings for your boss at work, <laughs> right? And probably not the best to act on those, like just as a, a general sense of what's going on. Right. But like, that's in like any a, direction. If they're bad feelings for your boss, they're good feelings. You right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And even like <laughs> friendship, like, right. Like best friendship feelings, like, well, maybe not. That can get really difficult and really yeah. complicated. I mean, a, a former job of mine, it was a little, it was a little different, but there, the head of HR was like, I can't be good friends with anybody at yeah. my job because ultimately it might be me that has to dismiss them. Yeah. And that was really sad. And I think she was right. I mean, I think she, you know, she set some really good boundaries. So it doesn't mean she didn't have fond feelings for certain people. And I'm sure she, as people like certain employees better than others. And that doesn't mean that she can sort of act on them by partying with them or going out with them or doing a lot of like intimate self-disclosure or whatever have you, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah, not just- if you're doing your job well, at least. Right? I mean, I think that, yeah. So the point that I think is such a gift in relationship anarchy is like, it's okay. You yeah. know, let yourself have feelings. Mm -hmm. And if we hope people get to have multiple ties in their life, I mean, we all- I mean, one of the things I like to think about is if you were to imagine a life that feels rich and full, you know, I think there's like a thought exercise that could be done where it's like, okay, imagine the perfect relationship. And what does that look like? That might be one answer. Now talk about imagining a life that feels rich and full. 
And I think in a rich, full life, many of us would say, I want to have people who love me. I want to have people that I've shared experiences with yeah. and that I feel supported and I'm in community and blah, blah, blah. And that would always be part of it. If we we're only talking about one relationship at a time, we might lose track of how all of this fits together, how relationships might be unique and, and um, support us in different ways or bring different kinds of joy. And like, we want that kind of diversity in our lives, a diversity of relationships and experiences yeah. and people. And this principle totally embraces that. Yeah. Love is abundant and every relationship is unique. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yay. That's great. Well, thank you for listening to our first episode of Before You Swipe. Relationship Anarchy Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Take two. Uh, if you have any comments, um, please email us or find us on our not very thriving social media pages. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, Before You Swipe, the letter B. The number four, the letter U, swipe at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram if you prefer that form of communication. Fantastic. All right. Tune in next time. Ta-ta. Thanks for listening to Before You Swipe. If you want to send us your thoughts on sexual, romantic, and or platonic relationships, please email us at beforeyouswipe at gmail.com. That's the letter B, the number four, the letter U, swipe at gmail. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Before You Swipe. Thanks to Hamid Khalid 786 on Pixabay for our fabulous funky beats.